In today's episode of Design Break Podcast, we are going to be tackling part two of our new mini-series on when to make the jump to full-time freelance. So without further ado, let's jump in. Hello and welcome to Design Break Podcast, a podcasting experience designed to help you break into the creative world, grow your career, and push your potential as a creative professional. I'm your host, Rocky Rourke, and I'm here to help you accomplish all of that. So let's get started. All right, everybody. Hope you guys are having a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Design Break Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be tackling the second half of this mini series on when to make the jump to full-time freelance. Now, if you remember in the first part, we talked about, or we focused on how to make the jump with like planning it out, having enough time to make a conscious decision. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at the opposite side of that, where basically you're kind of being forced into becoming a full-time freelancer, where you've been pushed off the cliff and your only way to stop yourself from hitting the ground is by getting into full-time freelance, to pulling that ripcord for the parachute that is freelancing. That is a weird analogy that I just put together there, but I hope you guys uh, get in. I hope you guys, uh, it makes sense for you guys. Okay. So with this, before I even begin, let me just say, you know, a small little disclaimer. I am not a financial counselor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an accountant or any type of other licensed professional that deals with those similar types of uh, issues. I can only share with you guys what I've learned, what I've heard, or share my own personal experiences. So results may vary for you and anyone else who uses this advice. Okay. So in that last episode, you know, we focused on, you know, how to make the plan to jump to full-time freelance, but not everybody can do that. Not everyone is going to have that much time in which to plan and which to get all of these ducks in a row and everything like that, especially with a major jump like this in your career, in your creative career. But the question is, what if you can't take that time? What if you can't plan these things out and you're thrusted off of that cliff? into the unknown. Basically, you know, what if you're fired? What if you're laid off? What if you're forced to strike out on your own sooner than you expect? You know, and there's many other different, you know, occasions. Not everyone who is fired or laid off has to jump into full-time freelance, but it is something that a lot of you who get thrust into that position, you tend to jump towards that, you know, because this is a sense of freedom. This is something different, but not everybody, you know, who makes that jump or has to make that jump is fired or laid off from their job. There's many other different reasons for that. But for this specific example, or specifically for my own example, that's what happened. You know, that's what happened to me back in 2016. I had made this realization that I wanted to strike out on my own, that I wanted to start freelancing full-time, working for myself, create my own business. And a week after I started planning that, you know, basically doing that, what we talked about in the first part, well, I was abruptly fired exactly one week to the day of making that decision to go full-time freelance, to work for myself. I was fired from my job. I have my suspicions that they actually had planned that a little bit longer than just a week, <laughs> you know, but it's what pushed me to make that jump into full-time freelance. You know, that moment, that situation is different for everyone. There's no clear-cut plan of attack. There's no rhyme or reason for it. But everyone, or a lot of people, I should say, not everyone, but a lot of people who are forced into going into full-time freelance, they're having to do it 
on a whim. They're having to do it, you know, in an instance versus in that planning. So for those of you who actually like have the time, who can take the time to go through and to, you know, make this plan to follow all six of those steps in the previous episode, which by the way, if you haven't listened to the first part of this episode or this mini series, please do go back, listen to it because this episode focuses more on what to do when you're pushed into it, when you're pushed into freelancing versus taking the time to plan it out. I always tell people, if you want to make the jump into full-time freelance, it is so much better for you in the long run to plan it out versus just making it a whim, like jumping straight into it. A week after starting my planning, I was abruptly fired. It was kind of serendipitous. It was this moment where I had decided I was going to go out on my own. I was pushed out into it. And unfortunately, I didn't have a whole lot of time to plan, like we talked about in the first part of this mini series. You know, I was put out there where I had to work for myself. I had to jump into it. And I kind of had to, you know, just roll with it and not get too scared. You know, I will admit, I cried when I was fired. I was not happy. I was sad. But what I did was I was like, okay, I got to pull myself up. I can't just, you know, dwell on this. If I dwell on this, I'm not going to be able to to do what I want to accomplish. You know, that moment, that situation where you find yourself without a job and having to, you know, jump into working for yourself, it's different for everyone. There's no clear-cut plan of attack. You know, instead, it's more of a build-your-own-adventure type of situation in that you have to be creative in finding the right way to proceed. For those of you who don't know what a build-your-own-adventure is, it was actually a series of books and games uh, in which you basically were creating your own campaign or your own adventure, almost like Dungeons & Dragons, for those of you who are as nerdy as I am who actually partake in playing that game. I miss playing that. That's one thing I hope to find once I get out of the pandemic is I hope to find a Dungeons & Dragons game. But I digress. I digress. The majority of creatives, no matter what your field of expertise is, whether you're an illustrator, designer, web designer, hand letterer, whatever your field of expertise is, probably don't have much in savings, nor do they have any type of plan, you know, once or if they were to get fired. For those of you, this is a great learning lesson. Always have a way out. If you think that you may get fired at some point in your career, which I will tell you this, the probability of somebody getting fired in their career at some point could and will happen. So it's always good to have some sort of plan. Okay, this is what I'm going to do the day that this happens. Even if you're an amazing employee, even if you think that you'll never be fired, most likely either you're going to get fired or you're going to get laid off. So it's good to have some sort of plan in place in those types of scenarios. In fact, when you are creative, when you don't have a plan, your instant thing to to say or to do is to say, I'm going to start freelancing full time. You know, flashback to 2013, I found myself in a similar predicament where I was let go from my job and I decided I'll go full time freelance. It was like, okay, this is like the, the kick in the butt I need in order to move forward in order to do this. The problem was. I didn't have any freelance work lined up. I hadn't been freelancing in almost a year. In short, I wasn't ready. And when you find yourself in that type of situation, do not force yourself to be ready. So since both of those instances in my past, I've put together 
a few things to consider. If you find yourself, you know, being thrusted into the full-time freelance land with no parachute, you know, we're using that same scenario kind of again, you know, this is a list of things to consider. Uh, so I'm going to go through these one by one and then we'll come back and we'll talk about them in detail. I've got like a huge script of notes of things to, to discuss with this episode because I want to make sure that I share with you guys as much as possible, you know, as much as I can to help you if you find yourself in this situation, you know, and we have a list of five things here. Last uh, list was six. This is five, a little bit more orderly. So the first thing is full-time freelance doesn't have to be long-term. It can be short-term if you want it to be. It can be short-term if you want it to be. Number two, you don't have the luxury to slack off or take time off. Once you've thrust it into this land of self-employment, you need to get started yesterday. Number three, Connect with other freelancers, those who have been doing it longer than you. They'll most likely support you. They'll most likely give you advice. They know that you are going to be in need of both uh, mentorship and mental um, you know, friendship throughout this because this is going to be taxing for you. You, know, you don't want yourself to go crazy. Number four, hustle is your mantra and time is both your best friend and your enemy. I know these are getting some really heavy stuff here, but trust me. It all is worth it. It's all meaningful for what we're going to be talking about today. And number five, don't take on every single project that comes your way unless you absolutely have to. That's going to be an interesting one to to delve into for sure. But let's go back to the the first one. So the first one, full-time freelance doesn't have to be long-term. It can be short-term. Now, this is something that, that a lot of people don't think about. They think, okay, if I say tomorrow that I'm going to go full-time freelance, I'm going to be working for myself, that means that's all I'm ever going to do. I can't go back. I can't go back to the workforce, you know, but not everyone is ready to make that jump to being a full-time freelancer, nor do they want to. And that's okay. You don't have to want to be a full-time freelancer. You know, they enjoy working in an office space. They prefer having coworkers, you know, they see every day and they, you know, that they get to interact with. And so a lot of them don't want to make that full jump. They want to have that bit of like friendship and camaraderie and feeling part of a group, which is fine. You know, freelancing can always just be a means to an end. You know, you can freelance till you find your next job. You can freelance to help you find your next job. There's been plenty of instances where that's happened. Before I started working full-time with my current employer, I was a contractor working 40 hours a week with them. And within two months, they offered me a full-time role at the company. Now, this is rare. That's not something that happens all the time. It's very rare for a contractor position to become full-time. And I've heard this many times over from other friends who have found themselves in similar situations where they, you know, join a company as a contractor. They are promised that they're going to be brought on full time, that they're going to be given benefits and they're going to excel at their job only to then find out a month later, two months later, that they actually just want to keep them as a contractor and they don't want to bring them on full time. It happens a lot. So it's something that you have to prepare for, you know, going from contractor to full time at a company is very rare. You know, don't think that you have to go uh, full time freelance because you said you were, you know, like I said before, there are going to be many times where you're going to be sitting there and you'll be like, okay, I'm going to be a full time freelancer. I'm going to announce it to the world. That's okay if you announce it to the world, you know, but if a great opportunity comes your way, then take it, you know, and freelance on the side. 
what freelancing, you know, full-time brings you is a source of income, you know, though irregular, it's not regular income by any means. It's still money coming in that you could use and need, you know, there's nothing wrong with collecting unemployment or any type of benefits like that, you know, but still freelance and bring in extra money, you know, until you can find, you know, a proper job, um, or whatever it is that you want to do. You know, if you, if you don't want it to be full time in the long term, then apply to one, two dozen postings each day, you know, as you're doing this freelancing work, as you're, you know, building up your skill set, you're learning new things, but keep applying to these jobs because no matter what, like if you just apply to one job a day, you're not going to find a job. I can guarantee that you're not going to find a job if you're not wanting full-time freelance to be your full-time gig, you know, and Again, the whole thing of, you know, and this is something that you should also consider is when you do get a job, keep the freelancing going. Don't stop, you know, freelance on the side, take on one project at a time. You don't have to take on a full workload of clients and projects, but at least keep going with, you know, one or two projects on the side, you know, don't overwork yourself, but keep it going so that. You can develop these connections, you can develop these clients so that then you have a fallback plan. You know, so if something happens, if the company has to lay off a bunch of people, you can at least fall back to freelancing either until they bring you back into the company or you find another job. You know, the same thing. It's very, you know, uh, cyclical. It's very something that, you know, keeps on going and going and going. And as freelancers, we should always be freelancing. You know, that was that ABC always be closing, you know, ABF always be freelancing, you know? So by doing that, we kind of give ourselves some sort of monetary security. We always have money coming in in some way and uh, fashion. And it's also a great way of, you know, you have your regular income when you have a job, but then you also have your freelancing income that's coming in to whether it's save up money, you know, pay off debts or save for a vacation, something along those lines. So it's always good to be freelancing. ABF, always be freelancing. I can't believe I just used that, but I think it works here. Okay, so number two, you know, you don't have the luxury to slack off or take time off. You know, once you're thrust into this land of self-employment, you need to get started yesterday. You know, take the list of things I shared in the previous episode and get started on them all now. So just to, to recap that from the previous episode, number one, you know, build a financial buffer for yourself. All of those extra funds that you, you know, have coming in from freelancing, all those after you pay your bills go straight into an emergency fund. You know, something that you can't touch unless you need to or until you reach your three to six month buffer. And it's very important that you do this. It's very important that you save up this money. Number two was make a list of all your previous clients, freelancing clients, friends, former coworkers, and more and reach out to them. And you know, if a client is no longer working with your former employer, then reach out to them. Don't mess with a client, you know, that is still working with your client. You do not want to mess with a do not complete clause. Please do not do that. I've seen freelancers do that. It does not end well. It can ruin your reputation. So please be careful with that. Number three, update your portfolio. If you don't have one, start cranking out work now, whether it's side projects, old work that you redo or update or freelance work, start sharing as much as possible 
everywhere and especially on your own website. Have a website and always keep it up. Number four, get your affairs in order, get your LLC, EIN, bank accounts, et cetera, within the first couple of weeks to a month. You want to get those things. I think I had all of those done within the first 30 days after I went full-time freelance. Number five, don't badmouth your previous employer openly. You know, at least for the first year or two, it's okay. You know, give it time. You don't want them to blacklist you with other agencies or clients, you know, telling people negative things about you. It will happen. It has happened. It will always happen. So please be careful with that. And then finally, number six, you don't have time to plan. The day you go full-time freelance is now. It's gone. It's unfortunately, it's the minute after you are fired, laid off, let go, or any other reason that's causing you to quickly make this jump. You know, so because of all these things, you have to start working and you can't slack off. Give yourself an hour. Give yourself an hour to mope around, to feel sad for yourself, to cry if you need to cry. Give yourself an hour. Worst case scenario, give yourself a day. But know that that next day when you wake up, you have to get the ball rolling and you have to start doing all of these things that we discussed in that first episode and all the things that we're talking about now to get yourself off on the best leg you possibly can. All right, so now number three, the next one, is connect with other freelancers. I am sure that you all know somebody who either is a freelancer or has been a freelancer. There's a lot of us out there. We all love to talk about it. We all love to tell our horror stories about it. People will want to talk to you, but connect with those other freelancers, those who have been doing it longer than you, that you can get some support from, both advice as well as mental support, because this is going to be one of the most craziest things that you have done. You have decided to work for yourself. You have decided to break away from the restraints of working for a company, sometimes like this, not on purpose, You know, sometimes being pushed into it. Don't be afraid to reach out to others. There's nothing to be ashamed of that you find yourself in the situation. You know, Others have been there more than you might think. A lot of people have been in that situation where they have to decide, okay, I have to work for myself. Oh crap, I've been fired. In fact, I've had another episode uh, earlier on in this podcast where I talk about that there's nothing to be ashamed of with being fired. So don't worry about that. There are many people on Twitter and Slack communities and Discord and on Facebook who know what you're going through and are here to help and support you. You know, there's many people out there. In fact, I'll probably try in the show notes to include a couple links to some Facebook groups that you can reach out to. Um, but, you know, you can even ask people on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook directly and just ask, you know, hey, do you know of any uh, freelancing groups? There's many of them out there. There's lots that I don't even know about that I think you would be great to join and great for you just to have that support. All right. Number four, hustle is your mantra. And time is both your best friend and your enemy. Now, first, before I go any further, let me just say, I used to love hustle culture. In fact, I wanted to have a hustle neon sign behind me in my YouTube videos. And I wanted to, you know, I had like a hustle t-shirt that Nick Slater created, which I love that shirt. I wish he would reprint them. But nowadays, I hate hustle. Hustle is not meant to be a way of life for your whole life. If you do, you are going to be miserable. You're going to be stressed out. You're going to die young. And that's because there's so much stress and fatigue that's resulted from doing it. You know, but the thing is we have to. 
You know, now that you're on your own, you think you would think that you have all the time in the world, right? You do have more time in the day, but those days are going to be quickly dwindled down and the money in your bank account along with it. That's just unfortunately the hard truth, the hard facts about this. So if you're not working on freelancing projects, then take the time to learn how to find clients, learn how to manage projects or even your time, which is very important when you're working for yourself. You know, think about what you could be doing to better yourself and your newfound business. You know, you can't work eight hour days when you first start off working for yourself. You can't, you know, or even 10 hour days. You're working all day from the time that you wake up to the time that you go to bed. Take time for yourself to be, you know, to be sure. You know, you need time for yourself, whether it's an hour or three hours, but make sure that you're doing everything you can to succeed. You know, when I made the jump to full-time freelance, I became so absorbed with Gary Vaynerchuk. If you haven't haven't heard him, go look up Gary Vaynerchuk, go look up Gary V. You know, I read all of his books, I watched all of his videos, and I listened to every one of his podcasts up to a certain point in time. For years, I was a staunch supporter of his. But today, I find 80% of what he says the worst kind of hustle advice out there. Why is that? Because it's unrealistic. You know, like I said, it's unrealistic to be hustling 24-7 every day of the year, all year, every year. You know, that's kind of like what he's preached over time. And he's even starting to realize, oh, crap, this is bad. People are going to start having heart attacks and strokes and things like that because all they're doing is focusing on the hustle and not themselves or not their families. That's even the worst part, too, is I've had friends who are so focused on hustle that they're on their third marriage and they're the same age as me. That's not good. Trust me, you do not want to do that. You know, when I tell you to work hard and to spend 12 plus hours working each day, I'm not telling you to do that forever or even the long term. It's not sustainable. I know because I burnt out over a dozen times in five years that I was working freelance full time because I was addicted to working and to the hustle. And I'm still a workaholic. You know, I'm sitting here recording this podcast episode after a long eight and a half hour day of working, you know, my full-time job. After I'm done with this podcast, I then have to go in and start working on freelancing work. So trust me, I'm a, a workaholic. I'm addicted to this, you know, but you shouldn't be for the long term. You know, instead, focus on the right now. Focus on the next three months, six months. You know, if you have to, 12 months, because that's usually how long it takes to set up a thriving freelancing business, unfortunately. You know, don't become addicted. But, you know, if you do become addicted like I am, go through some work rehab, you know, after you found your groove, like find ways of mellowing yourself out, forcing yourself to sit on the couch for a couple hours or sitting outside, listening to the trees, listening to the birds chirping. Please do something like that. Don't become like me. Don't become addicted to your work. All right. And then number five, don't take on every single project that comes your way unless you absolutely have to. You know, one mistake a lot of freelancers make, especially those who first strike out on their own, is that they take on every project and every client that comes their way. I've been there. I've done it. I've taken on projects I never should have taken on because the money was there. You know, somebody offers you a large amount of money, money you haven't seen before in your entire life in one sit-in, you're going to take it. You're going to do it. Trust me, 
I've been there, I've done it, and I've regretted it. And a lot of other freelancers, even agency owners and people who work at agencies, they see these projects that come in and they're like, why did we take this? This is a big mistake. I guarantee it nine times out of 10, it's going to have a big price tag attached to it. I know that's what's going to happen. Instead, what you need to do, sit down and come up with a list of the projects that you want to take on the projects you don't want to take on and the ones that fall like in a gray area between that. So you're going to do like a list of three, right? The projects you want to take on the ones you don't want to take on and the ones that are in between. You could even do like a Venn diagram here, a Venn diagram where you kind of set up all of this. Now, next you're going to make a list of all the types of clients that you want to work on. For example, I love working on education-based clients, small businesses, and tech companies. Those are the three main tiers that I tend to focus on. You know, I love doing education small businesses. Unfortunately, they don't pay all the bills. Tech companies, they have the money to pay the bills. So it's like you kind of have to, to be very smart in the types of projects that you take on. I can take on a handful of education and small business projects and one tech company, and it kind of like all balances its way out, right? You know, so once you got that, you know, then then make a list of the types of clients that you don't want to work with, the ones you want to stay away from. For me, that includes any types of religious organizations and pharmaceutical companies. Those are my two big ones that, that I stay completely away from. In college, it was alcohol and drugs. Now it's like, okay, I love doing uh, beer branding. I've done uh, a side project with that. I've done an actual uh, beer distribution company branding. And then I've also been wanting to work in cannabis and creating brands for cannabis. Fortunately, I haven't had one yet, but things kind of change over time. But uh, religious and pharmaceutical companies, those are two things I'm not interested in. And those are things that I generally don't want to take on. Now, you will have projects that come to you that you don't want to take on or clients that come to you that you don't want to work with. No one is holding a gun to your head. You know, no one is saying that you have to work with them. And that's where these lists come around. So you can say, okay, someone reaches out to you about doing a brand for, let's say for me, like for a new pharmaceutical drug, there may be some good money behind it. I'm going to say no, just because I've had family addicted to pharmaceuticals. I do not want to do that. I do not want to work for big pharma. Now, a biotech company comes to me wanting me to help them with branding or illustrations. That's a bit different. You know, that's something that I can actually work on. So you can kind of like pick and choose and kind of use this list as a North Star with that. However, there are going to be times where you have to bend your morals and take on those projects and clients you don't want to simply to pay the bills. It's going to happen every year. There's always some sort of project or client that I take on that I don't want to work with, that I don't want to work on their project whatsoever. But I do it because Christmas is coming up, a big bill is coming due, something like that is happening, or my computer is dying. And so I have to go out and upgrade my computer. Or sometimes I just want to upgrade my computer. So sometimes there are times where you have to bend those morals. Every freelancer out there has done it. They have learned from it. They have grown from it, both from the work itself and from the money that it brings. And sometimes they do it over and over again. You know, we're creatures of habit. And so sometimes 
we will take on those projects that need that we need to pay the bills but be sure to you know to watch out for those red flags that will come up you know don't take on projects that you aren't willing to finish there have been many projects i've taken on where red flags are popping up here there everywhere and i'm like dollar signs i need the money i want to pay off this whole credit card with this one project or something like that and so sometimes you take those on and next thing you know they become clients from hell that either sometimes you can't get rid of or you have to work with for a long period of time been there done that everyone has it will happen so each one you know each and every one of these things you know are stuff that i've experienced in my journey as a freelancer as a full-time freelancer from the moment i lost my job in 2016 to even just a couple months back with just a freelance side project it's something that will keep coming back up over and over again so let's let's go back and, and rehash this list I, I like to go back just so you guys can hear it one more time so number one was full-time freelance doesn't have to be long term it can be short term if you want it you don't have to do it for the rest of your life all right it can be a short-term thing number two you don't have the luxury to slack off or take time off once you've thrust it into this land of self-employment you need to get started yesterday Number three, connect with other freelancers, those who've been doing it longer than you, that you can get some support from, both advice as well as mental support, because it's about to get crazy. Number four, hustle is your mantra, and time is both your best friend and your enemy. And then finally, once again, number five, don't take on every single project that comes your way unless you absolutely have to, and there will be times where you have to. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, this will be more difficult than planning and prepping and making that jump into full time you that you want to do. It's not easy at all. It's going to be way more difficult. And don't think that it's wrong to backpedal. You know, one day you could say on Twitter, I'm loving working for myself and the freedom that entails. And then the next day you're announcing, I just started working at a full time gig at Adobe. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm going to tell you this right now. No one is going to, or at least not many people are going to be like, well, wait a minute. You just said that you're going to work for yourself full time for the next rest of your life. Things change. Plans change every day. And we just have to roll with it, you know, and live each day on its own. You know, things will change. Our reasoning behind things will change. Our ideology will change. Our morals will change. They will fluctuate over time. That's just how it is. You know, in previous episode on the podcast, I said that I plan to work for myself for the rest of my life. And only five months back, I changed my mind and joined a company to help build an in-house design team. Like that's what happens. You know, the world didn't end. No one called me out, you know, saying, you said blah, blah, blah. It's a life. It's life. No one called me out on it. You know, no one said, you said blah, 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 blah. It's life. Working for yourself is stressful, you know, challenging, and yet so rewarding in so many ways. You just have to power through it, work hard, build your skills, and put yourself out there, and you can succeed. You know, having said that, will everyone succeed? No. Unfortunately, people won't. You know, if you listened, you know, to the end of the last episode, which hopefully you did, you know, you'll know that there's a chance, a large chance, a large percentage of you who either won't succeed at freelancing full time or you'll quit 
and find a job or whatnot. That's okay. You know, a large percentage of small businesses fail, and that's what freelancing is. It's a small business. You know, some people have a dozen businesses in their lifetime. You know, some get sold, some last, some fizzle out and die. Doesn't that mean that if you can't make it as a full-time freelancer, you're a failure? No, definitely not. You know, if you do end up failing at being a freelancer, you know, use it as a learning experience. Know that if you don't succeed the first time, try, try, try again until you do it in the future. You know, no one says that if you stop working for yourself, that you can't do it again in the future. It's your life and your career. You get to decide what you're going to do and where you're going to be, you know, in the next five years, 10 years. Like no one really decides that for you unless they end up firing you or letting you go or something like that. Then it's not really in the cards for you. It's not really your decision. You know, however, you know, if you do end up joining the workforce again, and I said this already, please make sure that you freelance on the side from day one. Don't let yourself be in a situation where you have no option, where you have no freelance work to fall back on. You know, I, I hope that, you know, both this episode and the previous episode, both these different ways of looking at it, where you're looking at it from the planned perspective versus the unplanned perspective. I hope that both of these parts of the mini series you know, helps at least one or two of you out there in your creative journeys and that you even, you know, pull some sort of nugget of wisdom from it, you know, because it's really safe to say at some point you may find yourself in the first position where you're wanting to make that jump full time, but there's an even more likely situation that you're going to find yourself in that second position where you're being pushed out into freelancing, where you have to work for yourself, where you have to make money, you know, in order to live, right? So hopefully both of these uh, episodes, the combination of the two, or even just one or the other brings you guys a little something. It makes you guys, you know, feel understood if you've been in this situation or gives you the understanding that you can make it if you try. You know, not saying that you will be extremely successful, unfortunately, but there is that possibility. You know, you just have to put in the work. You have to put in the work to get the work, if that makes sense. But, you know, just remember that I believe in each and every one of you guys, you know, and that if you put in the work, you can succeed. I believe in you guys. I know that if you find yourself in this type of position, I know that you guys will use what I shared with you in these two episodes, and hopefully you will be in a good place. So hopefully you enjoyed these episodes. If you like this content, please be sure to subscribe to my channel, to my podcast. Be sure to find me on social media, follow me, message me if you guys have any questions, any thoughts. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please feel free to let me know. You can also sign up for my newsletter where I actually send out emails to uh, my subscriber list and you can even respond to those. You know, you can let me know in an email what you guys think. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Enjoy this episode. Enjoy the future episodes and the previous episodes if you haven't listened to them already. And as always, remember to stay passionate, stay positive, and stay creative. All right, everybody. That's it for me. Hope you guys have a great day. Bye. 
First off, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to sharing more of these podcast episodes with you in the near future. This podcast was written and directed by me, Rocky Rourke, with special thanks to our brand new podcast editor, Deanna Chapman, for all of her help on this episode and on future episodes. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast or check out some of the previous write-ups and episodes that we put out, you can definitely check us out at bluecyclops.co. That's B-L-U-E-C-Y-C-L-O-P-S dot co forward slash podcast. And please remember to hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you get your podcasting fix, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is please hit that subscribe button. I look forward to sharing more of these podcasts with all of you in the near future. And if you ever have any questions about today's episode, past episodes, future episodes, or if you would like to give any ideas for what you would like to hear us talk about, please send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter at Rocky Rourke, R-O-A-R-K. All right, that's it for me, everybody. Hope you guys have a great day. And as I've said before, always remember to stay passionate, stay positive, and stay creative. All right, that's it. Bye, everybody.